All right. Good evening. We're going to get into uh, this particular teaching entitled uh, The Heir's Life. And we've actually, uh, we've actually um, talked about it uh, one time before. We've, uh, not one time, we, we've actually visited the Heir's Life teaching from back in the dance studio. I think that was the first time we uh, uh, ministered on this particular topic. And then I think one time uh, when we were at... Uh, uh, our second location but we have to you know uh, the title for the church is uh, is the, well, the name of the church is Ayers Christian Center Church so we have to uh, gather or get a, a level of understanding of what it means to be an heir um, and um, so, so that's why we have to visit this particular teaching um, just so we're on the same page. We'll go to Galatians 4. Galatians 4, starting with verse 1. And Galatians 4, we'll start here with verse 1. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until the appointed to the time appointed of the father. So under tutors and governors to the time appointed of the, of the father. So it's saying that that every heir in their onset parallels to the life of a child or, or almost a person that is without authority, without rule, without reign, without even privilege in the in the in the position of immaturity. Um and what it, what it's basically saying is every heir has to be trained how to handle, how to embrace, how to benefit, how to utilize, and how to possess their inheritance. Um, you know, in, in, in cultures of people that are royalty, is not something that's just given at birth. In certain cultures, uh, you know, before you can even take on the, the, the family name, you actually have to go through a testing or a process. So, so if if so, my name is Keith Bradley. So I'm Keith. Most of my up until I'm 13, 14 years old, and at 13 or 14 years old, I'm allowed to test to be Keith Bradley, to take on the the name Bradley. But it's not um I'm not entitled just because I'm born in, into the family. You know that's the whole thing about bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah in the, in the Jewish culture once they cross a certain age up to a certain point the, the, the parents are taking on the accountability and responsibility for their spiritual growth in their life but once they get to a certain age now they're, they, they go through a process for them to switch over to take accountability and responsible, responsibility for their own spiritual life now this is at 13 or 14 you know, so 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 the process is they're they're without. I'm going to call it fault when they're young, and then as they uh, develop and as they grow uh, and get older, they actually take on you know accountability responsibility. So they figure because they're born, they're entitled. 
what we're saying is this, uh, the scripture that we're playing off of Galatians 4, 1 and 2, the heir differs, differs nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors to the appointed time or to time appointed of the father, right? And so we were talking about how the scripture is saying that just because the child is born, uh, he, he may have a sense of entitlement, but he doesn't receive the inheritance until he's passed some tests, until he's earned some things. And so in a, in a culture of royalty, he's trained. He's under tutors and governors, and he has to sit under that training until he's shown himself worthy to be accountable and responsible, responsible enough to take on his inheritance. You know, and I gave some other examples of, uh, you know, certain cultures, you don't even get their name. You can't even take on a name. But uh, we, uh, you know, I'm Keith Bradley. I don't get to take on the Bradley until I've passed the test. So I'm Keith all the way up until 13 or 14 years old. Once I have get to that age, now I'm allowed. Now in certain African cultures, you know, they give me a stick and send me out into the woods. If I come back with a lion, I'm Keith Bradley. But I can't come back without the lion. So if I don't, if I don't go back and, and show my courage and my ability to survive out there, for a period of time, if I come back, I'm still Keith for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm not, I can't take on the family name. And then we talked about Bar Mitzvah and Bat Mitzvah and the Jewish culture and how, you know, once you're, you know, you know, you can slip and trip and make mistakes to a certain age, 13 or 14, but then at that point, now you're going through Bar Mitzvah or Bat Mitzvah to take on your own accountability, responsibility with your spiritual growth. And that's young teenager life. You know, some of us are, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, and have never been accountable and responsible for our spiritual life. And so, so that's the foundation of our, our church, Galatians 4, 1 and 2, as we live this heir's life. The, you know, the vision is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. So it's a preparation for purpose. It's a preparation for purpose. So everything we do here is, 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 is in preparation mode for what we all purpose to do. And so sometimes people come in and they figure their longevity equates to promotion. So I've been around for a while, so I should be promoted. Uh, some people think their proximity will equate to promotion. So I'm, I, I've, I've figured out a way to get as close as I can to those that can appoint or promote or think those can uh, appoint or promote. But we don't appoint or promote. God does. Promotion comes from God. Psalm 75, 6, and 7. So people think their proximity or their longevity equate to promotion. That's why people in the church was a long time ago, surely I've been here. Uh, I should be promoted. It doesn't really work that way, you know. Those that are equipped, prepared, and can handle the accountability and responsibility. And some people are just, they're not mean people. They've just never been accountable and responsible in their life. And, and even when they do things that may be more considerate, they'll give themselves a, 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 a pat on the back. But that might be for two days. That might be for two weeks. And in our particular case, that might be for two services. But they don't live that way, which we'll talk about later on. So, so here we're equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. Let's go to... 
Romans 8. This is another foundational scripture for our church. Again, we're talking about the heirs' life. This is Heirs Christian Center Church. What is this church about? And what's the heirs' life about? You know, we had a couple of heirs' life conferences in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and it's not something that we won't do again, but is, we, we take our team on the road. This heirs' life, what's that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, <laughs> that probably won't go over too well, you know. So, all right. So, um, 817, Romans 817. We're going to read through Romans 8. Uh, For a few things here later on, but it says, "And if uh, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and as it reads on one of our license plates, join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that that we may be also glorified together." Now it said this in verse seventeen. Before it got to verse verse eighteen, it said, "The sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us." But it says, "If we suffer with Him, if we have the restrained retaliation." Uh, uh, if we restrain ourselves from putting our own hands, if we keep uh, putting our hands on things, you know what I'm saying? You know, if we if we have to save face all the time, if it's all about our reputation, right? Um, it's it, it just puts us in a in a bad position in a bad place in our in our walk in our growth. So we have we're suffering with him. That means Christ didn't save himself. His suffering was he didn't save himself. He didn't promote himself. He didn't advance himself. He didn't save his own face. He didn't um, protect his pride. He let God do that. He gave himself to kingdom work. He didn't use none of his energy for himself. He used his energy for God and his people. And he let God... Uh, uh, replenish him with his love and his power and his peace and his presence okay all right so that's wrong those are those are the two foundational scriptures all right so so uh this 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 heirs life this vision of equipping heirs for the kingdom of god equipping heirs for the kingdom of god preparing them preparation for purpose well how do we at our church equip heirs and when you when you're moving for something you have a vision the vision is carried out by a mission the mission is how do we carry out equipping heirs for the kingdom of god well it's four phases uh, number one is living by faith number one is living by faith right that's, so we're going to spend some time talking about these. Number two is being led by the Spirit. Again, this is our vision is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. But how do we carry out that vision? So a lot of people have taglines and visions, but it has to. If God shows you something, there's a way you you implement it. You carry it out, and that's what that's titled your mission. So. If the if, if everybody should know what the vision is, right? The vision, make it plain. We were talking about vision on Sunday, but if the vision, if, equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, it should be like breathing, and especially if you've been here for a while. And what's the mission? Living by faith, being led by the Spirit, which is number two. Number three is 
revealing purpose, revealing purpose or revealing God's purpose. And number four is sharing God's love. So that's how we carry out preparing, equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, preparation for purpose. How do we carry it out? We carry it out by living by faith. And think about it. Everything we do in the kingdom is faith is attached. You have to attach your faith to. You have to attach your faith to baptism, to know that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you out of that water. You have to tap your faith, attach your faith to tithing, knowing that I'm not just throwing away money, putting money with bags and holes in it. You have to attach your faith to healing, knowing that by his stripes I'm healed. You have to attach your faith to communion. You have to attach your faith to prayer because if you don't have no faith, you're just talking. But to, to, to connect to heaven, you have to attach your faith. That's why the first discipleship class in our discipleship class list is, is living faith. Because everything we do we, is, is attached to faith. So see, there's an intention in what we do. Yes, it's the heir's life. Yes, we're equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. But number one is how we're doing that? Living by faith. Number two is being led by the Spirit. Being moved by the Spirit. I had a conversation with a, with a young man today. And I was like, listen, you already got the skills. To, you're technically sound. You, you're disciplined. With the life I talked about the other day, uh, living discipline. This, this young man is already disciplined. Like, like you, know, you, you can rely on this person for anything. I said, so now the piece you want to add to is taking all of who you are, giving it to God, and now flowing with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. We have to train ourselves to be led by the Spirit. Sometimes we, we want to be in control. We want to be in our head. Uh, we want to play off of worst-case scenarios and fears, but we have to learn to be led by the Spirit. So a lot of times we're doing stuff, and this is this is my my it's a little little Keith Bradley pet peeve here. How we 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 we're not honest with ourselves. So you can tell when you're doing something, and the, even if you're not sure, the results the re, the results your consistent results. Like let's say if you if you if you lose your keys seven times in a row. When some of us have lost our keys more than seven times, I just said seven. Well, you're not, it's not a negative confession, but how will you stop losing your keys? You got to accept the reality that you're, you're not focused when it comes to your keys or whatever. So if once you accept that, you're going to change. But if, you, if you're in denial, no, I, I, no, no, I'm good. You're not, uh, we, we talked about this earlier today. You're not stepping back. And looking at your 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 methods, how you flow, you're not being honest with yourself. And so, so some people aren't being led by the spirit; they're being led by presumption. They get themselves worked up and get emotional, like we've done in our life before, and go, "Yeah, man, this is this is my time now. This is my year. See, all this is for the end of the year. This is gonna be my year. It's gonna be your year. Why? Because God said it, or because you figure." This has got to be my year by now. <laughs> or you got pumped up emotional. You don't have to get emotional. You can know that you know that you know what God wants to do for you this year. Right? So being led by the Spirit. What did I say? Living by faith, being led by the Spirit, revealing God's purpose, and sharing God's love. So those are the four pillars. Those are, that's our mission. That's how we're, we carry out equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. 
that's our, our foundation for our, uh, the heir's life. And then think it through, being led, uh, living by faith. Everything that we do is attached to faith. You don't even meet the spirit if, if you don't have faith, if you don't exercise that measure of faith. Being led by the spirit, our whole life is being led by the spirit. Uh, revealing purpose. Why are we here? And then once you discover why you're here, God uses your design to share his love throughout the world. He uses whatever platform he has you on to share his love throughout the world, right? I, so, so, so with those in mind, living by faith, of course, Romans 1.17, for the sake of time, we're not going to go there because we discussed that scripture a lot here. Um, and that scripture is the just shall live by faith, right? Not the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So we said when we've discussed that scripture in the living faith class that that is not faith moments, it's a faith life. Right? Yeah, yeah you, you had that. You was rolling with me, right? You was rolling with me. So, so how, how is that applied? I'm living by faith. So I'm not just wiping my forehead when I've worked up that one great breakthrough. Right? You ever have a breakthrough and you like almost forgot that the breakthrough even happened? You know, like so much crazy done happened since the breakthrough. You're like... Yeah, I remember when I was talking about that breakthrough. Like, like, let's say the breakthrough was the house. Well, so much crazy that happened since the breakthrough, you can't even, you don't even realize you're in the house. You're sitting in the house, but you're like, man, that's nice. You know, somebody comes in, visits. Man, this is a nice house. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm trying to, I, I, I got something else going on right now. <laughs> Care less about this building, right? How does that happen? Because we wipe our forehead at that one breakthrough of faith and don't understand that that was trying to break us into a life of faith. Right? The just shall live by faith. Not faith moments, but a faith life. Right? So, so that, that's from the living faith class. Now, the interesting thing is about this faith life, it's always involved other people. Because that's the thing. Before we sign on to live by faith, let's step back for a second. Before we start living for God, who was we living for? Oh, see, thank you. That, 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 <laughs> thanks for class participation. We're living for self. So if we're living by faith now, the number one thing that will look different is what? We're not living for self. We're not selfish. We're selfless. Right? And so how do we train ourselves? Remember now we're equipping us for the kingdom of God. How do you train yourself to be selfless? Involve yourself in being faithful in others. Hey, Philippians 2.3, esteem others better than yourself. Philippians 2.4, look every man not on his own thing, but on the things of others. See, we, we do it to a point where something in us goes, ah, spend all this time helping this person. I got to get mine. And, and, and normally we okay helping until we see the results of our help. So a lot of times we, we're faithful and we see, we, we see what we're helping. Uh, so I'm, I'm helping Amelia in whatever the, the God told me to help, and it's manifesting. And so, so she starts shining a little brighter. See, I was okay helping her as long as she was, you know, looking, you know, uh, <laughs> Pastor Mel said needy. But, 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 you know, looked like she was all smudged up by the world. I'll just call it that. Right, right. Look, see, because I felt shiny around her. 
And see, I love helping people that look that look like they don't have nothing because I feel good. Oh, let me help this poor little soul over here. See, I was good for that. But then once she starts shining, brighter than me. Now, I, I, I reflex back to my default. Well, I can take him myself. I don't want to keep helping him because he might keep shining even brighter. And then I'm going to be looking even more smudgy. So you see, you see that, you see, that, you see. Listen, I know some people that would love. They love to help the needy, long as they stay needy. They don't want to help them out of being needy. They just want to always have something to say. Look what I did. I helped the needy, not deliver them. Just keep them there, so I always have them to go. Oh, poor thing. But can you help the needy? Even when they start shining. Can you help them all the way through? Alright? So just think, think through that. So faithful in another man's is one of the things that helps us to be living by faith. Ooh, it says faithful in another man's, not custodial in another man's. Now, now, now the interesting thing is, I, hey, hey, I'm going to tell these y'all back here in high school, y'all need to pay attention. I'm not talking about just to me. I'm talking about in school. Because stuff be coming back to me that I was like, I learned that in school. <laughs> You're like, but I wasn't really paying attention at the time. And one of the things I, I, I learned, uh, I think I learned this in college. Yeah, I learned this in my business class in college. And uh, they was talking about the different types of employees. And they talked about custodial workers. Always looking at the clock. What time is it? Like, matter of fact, when, when, when it's 459, if you got to get out of here at 5, 459, hey, you probably timed the heel of your foot is out the door at exactly 5 o'clock. That's the custodial worker. And if he, hey, 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 that's not my job. <laughs> hey, 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 ho, ho. Hey, that's not, hey, that's not what they pay me for. You know what I'm saying? This, 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 what's your line? Uh, God bless the child. <laughs> right, right. Custodial. So, so faithful in another man's is not custodial in another man's. It's not just mindful when you're asked. It's not just mindful when you're present. Because people do that. Christians, when they come to church, boy, they're mindful. Outside of church, they ain't paying church no mind. But imagine if if who's supposed to be faithful and what's important to you thinks like that. Out of sight, out of mind, right? right so keep, keep that in mind. See, see, the custodial person is always asking, are we there yet? <laughs> see, because they're focused on where they're going. They're not pouring everything into where they're at, right? Hey, they continue to ask this question. That's enough, right? That's enough, right? See, see, the faithful person, they, 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 it's, it's, they do exceedingly and mildly above all they can ask the thing. It's never enough. Custodial? That's enough. That's enough, right? Hey, 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 this is a custodial. Hey, hey, do you want me to get that for you? <laughs> Pick up what they ask. Hey, 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 do you want me to get that for you? What are they really saying? Because I don't want to. <laughs> see, the faithful, they've done it before you even thought about it. Uh-oh. The custodial is always looking for theirs in the midst of others. 
They're always looking for theirs in the midst of others. So they ain't all in. They don't trust that God will give them theirs. So even though the scripture says, be faithful to another man and God will give you your own. Not if you keep all your attention and focus and scramble and hustle and wheel and deal, steal and reserve stuff down the road, you'll get your own. That's not what it says. It says faithful, all in in another man's, God will give you your own. Very few people have done that. Right? See, they should be looking for God and giving their all to others. All right? So that's living by faith. That's just a little nugget. We'll get into it maybe a little more in the next couple of weeks. And then being led by the Spirit. All right? Being led by the Spirit. So that's, that's, that's the other part of the mission, being led by the Spirit. Let's go back to Romans 8. Go back to Romans 8. You know, when we think about when I when I meditate on all this stuff like the faith life and you know because I'll be having these reservations because I like people so I'll be just want to do stuff because I like people and the Lord be like nah we ain't doing that I was like yeah but you know man but I, I, this person really I really want this to happen he said that's nice that you wanted to happen but you're going you're gonna to crush them and you're going you, you're going to damage your relationship I said, well, you mean I'm a damn He said, no, nah, I'm going to tell you right now. That person, listen, that person visiting you is totally different than that person being around you on a, on a consistent basis. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't going to be able to stand that mess, and they definitely ain't going to be able to stand you. You're, you're, you or uh, that lovely lady with a pretty face. That, you know, that exhaustive attention to detail, that person ain't going to be dealing with that. They ain't ready for that. Hey, hey, he said, he said, who he said? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. He said, he said, all something else has to do, uh, something else has to come up. That's all, anything. And they forget all about the kingdom. They forget all about the church and what's important to the church. Not because they're evil. The kingdom is not a priority. It's only a priority when nothing else is going on and no other options. All right, so we said being led by the Spirit. <laughs> God is amazing. All right, so being led by the Spirit. Let's go to Romans 8, 5. It says, for they that are after the flesh, we talked about this the other day, do mind or focus on the things of the flesh or counsel by the, the flesh. It says, if they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnal, to be fleshly minded, is death, to be spiritually minded. It is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The fleshly mind is The um, so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised
of Christ from spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. We don't owe the flesh. It says, for you, if you live after the flesh, ye shall what? Die. Do more to the deeds of the body, you shall live. Look, look, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, so it's about being led fallen there's things that that you can't naturally qualify when you're being led by the spirit and the fruit that you produce being led it's phenomenal it's the the, how you flow in relationships is ridiculous. People just love, they flock to you because every time they're around, they see. If people don't trust you, how are you going to say you're led by the Spirit? Listen, you don't have to open your mouth and, and when you're led by the Spirit, people go, it's just something about you. I just, man, I just feel, I feel safe around you. But if people don't feel safe around you, people go, oh! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, you know the oh, I call you back line. Some of us have done it. Never call a person back. I ain't talking about by mistake. I'm talking about like, you know, you 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 weren't really intending to call back. You just trying to get off that phone. Right? See, so so being led by the spirit, uh, you could tell that person's not tainted by the flesh. Let's go to first Corinthians. 13. And this, uh, the next one is revealing purpose. Might, might speed up here a little bit, but revealing purpose. Or revealing God's purpose. So 1 Corinthians 13, another familiar scripture here, but now you see why we read it all the time because it's about the mission and to extend God's uh, vision for Heirs Christian Center Church. So, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, and thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, you know, we talk about this a lot here. When I was a child, thought as a child, spake as a child, understood as a child. I had no boundaries. I thought anything. I just let it, thoughts run through my mind because I didn't know how to cast them down. Right? I didn't know how to think on these things. I understood as a child. Like, like, think about how children do. Well, that ain't fair. They ain't even try to understand. All they know is they can't do what they want. That's how children think. They, they, children get mad before they understand. You see what I'm saying? But, but if you're mature, you're supposed to seek to understand before you get mad. You ever see people just get upset and be like, or, 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 or children jump to conclusions. You don't like me. I ain't talk to you. 
I ain't asked you no questions. I haven't got no insight or nothing. I just jumped to a conclusion. Children do that. So you can't get mad at them because what? They have no boundaries in how they think, how they process things, how they understand. It says, well, when I became a man, I put off childish things. Like, now I have a boundaries. I, I don't allow myself to think anything, understand anything, or say anything. It says, uh, uh, when I was a child, I thought I was a child. What does, it, what does it say right here? Hold on, hold on. Look, I spake. I know the speak was in there. That's what I was trying to emphasize there. Because children just say anything at any time. And it don't, it don't always have to relate. And you be like, hey, you can't say that. You know, so they're learning, oh, I heard you guys saying it, but I didn't hear why you said it. I just repeated it because you said it. But I see now I have to only I can only say it at certain times in certain places. I have boundaries now. I just can't say anything at any time anywhere because it came to my head. Right? I just can't I can't confess pain, sickness, disease, poverty. Death, I can't because now that I'm going to be snared by the words of my mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I have to establish boundaries. I have to. I may. I may feel something. I may be impacted by something, but I can't use my words to express it all the time, especially if I don't want to receive it later. So I, my knee might be bothering me at the time. But I don't need no word. My, my knee doesn't need no assistance from the words because it's whatever I'm dealing with is already manifested. What needs assistance from my words is what I want manifested, and that's my healing. Well, I don't want to be in denial. Okay, if you don't open your mouth, are you in denial? You're dealing with what you're dealing with. But if you don't open your mouth, you may not receive the healing that you, you require. And then let's go to verse 12, which is really where I was trying to get to. It says, uh, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I should know even as I am known. So, so here now, is, and, and of course, I've, we share this before a lot of times here at the church, again, because it's a part of our foundation. Looking in life as a riddle or an enigma, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It ain't clear. I'm doing something that I thought I was supposed to do, but I'm getting this nudge, I'm getting this pull. And we'll talk about this on Sunday. But this is the thing. Vision, as it gets closer and closer, it gets clearer and clearer. And this is where we, 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 we have to watch being childish in, all I know is what God told me. Okay, what else did he tell you? These people come to my office, this is argument going on. The wife's going, well, my husband, he left his job. I said, okay. And she says, uh, I'm trying not to sneeze here. <clears throat> Didn't work. <laughs> right, so, so she says, well, he told, told me to leave his job. And the wife goes, he all the, I try to be spiritual all the time. I said, and the husband's like, all I know is God told me to leave my job. I said, what else did he tell you? God just stopped talking? That was it? Just one thing. And so, so no more instructions from God. Everything else, is, he said, give us this day our daily bread. But every time you came back from bread, <laughs> the cupboard was empty. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. God is constantly talking. God is all, so God can tell you to leave your job and say, go back uh, tomorrow. Uh, they're going to give you a raise. Or, he can, or God can say, leave your job. Now I need you to go here. 
So, so, so we have to keep listening. Sometimes God is freeing us up for us to actually consistently keep diligently take steps to do stuff. But if we stay parallel in just thinking we feel like something's going to happen, things don't happen that way. Things happen by us being obedient to what God tells us to do. As we try to discover purpose, as we're trying to, to, to lock into what God's trying to do, as you get closer and closer, it gets clear and clearer. I, I, I don't want to get too much into that because we'll be discussing that on Sunday. Right? right. But, 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 but that's, that's the thing. Here, we use the scripture a lot. We talk about these things a lot because we're actually, our church is about purpose. Go back and look at the messages. You're going to find purpose in everything. You're going to find faith in everything. You're going to find being led by the Spirit in everything. You're going to find God love, God's love in everything we talk about, everything we do. This is so, 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 it's not just a mission for the sake of talking about the mission. It's a mission, it's how we carry out equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, right? Does that make sense? Go back, listen, I'm being Pastor Mel confident. Go back and look through all the messages. Guarantee that's what you'll find in all of them. Now, only God can do that, right? It's just not, me and Pastor Mel ain't that sweet. All right, so sharing God's love. And again, we'll get into this. Um, Pastor Mel has a great teaching on uh, evangelism. But uh, sharing God's, evangelism is about sharing, God, sharing, God, sharing God's love. But God has shared, uh, shed this love abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. See, 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 it's how I'm led by the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit's in me and his love is in me. And everything in me wants to disperse that love. Now, 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 what vehicles am I dispersing that love through? What I'm purposed to do. My, the platform I'm given. But it's all about loving God's people. When my whole goal and moves and that I'm making, I'm making moves. When all my moves is about me, why would God show up to, to, to endorse that, Right? Why would he show up to, to flow with that? Why? Think about it. Like, if we're doing something and it's not the platform God gave us to share his love, why would God show up? When it's just all about us, right? It's all about, you know, me and what I need, right? And, and so, so, Think about this, like you almost got to get mad at your flesh because your flesh has told you almost like you can hustle God. Like if you could just take your flesh out and beat it down, it would be kind of cool. You know, we could do that because it'd be tricking us. Like, oh, you could do that later. No, you can't. That's what you're here for, you know. So it's, it's, it's fooling you to think that you could... uh Hustle God. Like, like, hey, hey, God, I'm really doing this for you. But the Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. God knows what your motive is. And so your fruit in our life or the delays in our life is based on what's in our heart. Not what, like I use Keith Bradley. So uh, as I was pursuing professional basketball, I remember... Uh, you know, I start growing. I, the timing, look at the timing. I'm pursuing basketball. I got really good. And I started getting closer to God. That's when I started getting serious with God. 
So I know God has something to do with it. Then I'm reading the Bible. You know, the Bible, we talk about all things you do to the glory of God. And, you know, Abraham sacrificed people, sacrificed. I was like, well, Lord, you know, I, I might read something that day. Lord, if you want me to get up, give up basketball, I'll give it up for you. For you, Lord. And I know God was like, man, I really appreciate, you know, your acting job. You know, but dude, you ain't trying to let go of basketball. God knew my heart. He's like, come on, bro. Really? Are you serious right now? I can't get you. Look, you, you play 24-7. Like, like, man, stop. Stop. Stop kidding yourself, Keith. Right? Right. This is probably the most I've not played basketball in my life. Since I know since we've been together. Right? All right, so, so, so here this sharing God's love. God wants to make sure is our life is about him, and we're sharing that love with our heart. Look, 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 even Jesus, he was here, but it was all about God's people. So God so loved the world that he gave, it was all about God's people. Even God's purpose was about love and people, right? Matthew, go ye, go ye through all the world and preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Right? So Matthew 28, 19, right? The Great Commission. It's all about getting people where God wants them. That's what it's all about. Getting people where God wants them. Right? All our life is about, you, you'll see here, I think it's in this. I've, I've been studying so much stuff, but I think it's in, in with at least a little bit of a nugget that you'll get today. So, so, so we have this vision and this mission. So we uh, equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, uh, the mission, uh, uh, living by faith, being led by the spirit, uh, revealing God's purpose, sharing God's love, right? Revealing purpose, sharing God's love. So, so I'm repeating it over and over for a reason. So, so yeah, so we're going to have a, a quiz. Um, so, so we have this, but how do we facilitate this? So our mission is facilitated through our services, the services we have at church. Our mission is facilitated through outreach. Uh, not just, I was talking to a uh, uh, person who has a pastor for outreach, not just the outreach, uh, you know, when we go on a, our missions out here and we go to the, the poor and the needy, and not even, you know, as we navigate through the community. In reality, we're navigating through the community all the time. So this is the this is the interesting thing is oh this whoo thank you Holy Spirit like so I my 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 passion has always been about people it's always been about people but guess what I didn't start trying to counsel people when I became a pastor I didn't start helping people when I became a pastor guess what I didn't start trying to reveal purpose to people when I became a pastor I remember when I was a housing inspector this guy has had talent now mind you he just told me he liked to sing. That's all he said to me. I was, I was obviously talking to Marcus about this, how, how his ability to problem solve and being an engineer really assists him in learning things he's never done before. Like even, you know, learning what he does back there. He didn't do that before. We kind of went over some things, and he's mastered it, taken it to another level. And then I watch him. He research and how to do things better and stuff like that without nobody telling him. Well, this guy told me, he said, man, 
you know, he said, I just want to be a singer. We was working as house inspector together. I said, Where, really? I said, man, well, you just need to go. Y'all may have heard of this place, but it's, it's pretty well known in, in, on the East Coast, but the Peppermint Lounge. So what they would do is they would do like an, uh, uh, a night at the Apollo there. Um, so I just took him, I said, man, come on, man, I'll I just take you. You know, I took him to the Peppermint Lounge. And then, so I'm his representative. Not representative where I was trying to get any money. I was just looking out for him. And I... And I went in there, scoped out their flow. As soon as I got in there, sort of like, uh, what's that movie, uh, The Five Heartbeats, where they was playing the wrong music. So I went in there, and they had people that they favored. And so they played their music great. Other people, they didn't. I said, oh, no, we ain't rolling like that. I said, so we come back the next time, we're going to bring your music. <laughs> we ain't depending on them. <laughs> I said, I said we're going to. But why, why was I doing that? Because I just care. I've always been this way. Like, like this is not. And so, when I hear people say that they, 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 there's something that they believe is in them to do, I'm like, I wonder why they don't do it. <laughs> like, why are they waiting for this big platform? Why can't they do it with the person in front of their face? Like, I don't wait till I come up here to to, to, to teach. I'm giving that precious seed out to whoever is in front of my face. And they can take that thing, write a book with it, do whatever. Actually, some people have taken it and, and to put it on platforms and stuff like that. Yeah, well, who, it ain't mine. And, and guess what? God ain't going to run out of stuff. So if I give away everything I have, you got to just give me more. As opposed to me holding on to it for when I'm going to do my thing. God didn't give it to you for your thing. He gave it to you to be faithful to another man's. When you, when you have your own, God's got something a whole lot greater than that. Right? And so, 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 so this is the thing that we have to realize um, as we facilitate this mission through our services, through our outreach, through our fellowships. Fellowships is the key. Through our training in faith. This is how we facilitate the mission. Some of the ways we express our love for God is having faith in him. So, 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 so when we talk about sharing love for God, some of the ways we express it, we have faith in him. Scripture says without faith is impossible to please him. Have faith in God. Uh, Mark eleven twenty two. 22, as Jesus told him, he said, man, I, mean, I know I cursed the fig tree. He said, man, don't we have faith in what you saw? Just because now that you saw it, you're like, it's a possibility to curse a tree and it could die. So now you're going to mimic what you see me do. He said, but you don't understand. I didn't do it because I saw somebody do it. I didn't do it because it was done before. I did it because I got an unction from the Holy One and I have faith in God. If something is needed, even though it hasn't existed, we talked about that yesterday. We was coming up with something that we need to do. I said, Marcus, I know we ain't the only one that thought about this. We just research. I'm sure they got something for us to do. I've been, I've been just thinking this way my whole life. And if not, we'll create something. You understand what I'm saying? Like, but, but Jesus is like, have faith in God, the source, more than what you've seen. Right? More than what you see. Because that's why people, that's, this, is, this is the confidence that I believe we have together in doing what God told us to do. And this is why we can share everything. Because guess what? We're just doing what God told us to do. And so God's backing it. So somebody could steal it, flip it, trip it, duplicate, do whatever. Hey, hey, if they're not playing off of the same relationship with God, they ain't going to get the same results. So why should we fear? 
That's why people are insecure because they're probably mimicking what somebody else did. And then if they, they see somebody special, oh, I got to hold them back because they, they may really know what they're doing and they may steal what I'm doing. Yeah, because you, it, it's not really yours. You see what I'm saying? But if, if you know you're doing what God tells you to do, you should have some confidence. So have faith in God. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. See, living faith is having faith by God. Being led by the Spirit. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. Don't worry about it. Stop. Get out your head. Holy Spirit told me to do that. I don't know. You think that was the Holy Spirit? Why don't you? Yeah, I know. I know how you can prove it. I know how you can prove it. I know a surefire way how you can prove if it was the Holy Spirit. Do what he told you to do. And see what the results are. All right, and then number three, discovering, embracing, and living out purpose in our life through fellowship with him. Discovering, embracing, and living out purpose in our life through fellowship with him. Second Corinthians, go there. Second Corinthians 3.18. All right, it says, but we all, that's all of us, with open face, we're not hiding now, no mask, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, again, that's, the purpose is revealed the more we're in God's face and allow him to, to exchange the glory that we've, that weak glory that we've taken on in the world and be exchanged for his glory, right? And then, um, of course, freely sharing the, the love he's freely shared with us. Scripture says, uh, you know, uh, it was freely given to you, so you should freely give. Matthew ten eight. I, I paraphrase that scripture, but it's freely given you, so you should freely give. Now, 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 now. Again, these are all baseline principles. So we give our life to God, and God, God says, "Okay, now I want you to spend more time with me, and spending more time with me, you want to spend more time in my house, which I'm explaining here in." in these few minutes I have left. He says, so, he says, you're going to spend more, spend more time with me, and now I'm going to train you. I'm going to equip you to be prepared for what your purpose to do. Now, now how I'm going to do this is I'm, I'm going to show you how to live by faith. I'm going to teach you how to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to reveal what your purpose to do so you can actually share my love throughout the world. When you, somebody packs a house or a stadium, that's more lives God can pour his love into. So as much as it is about, oh my God, the stadium of people came to see that person. That's an angle. Another angle is, oh my God, there's a whole lot of people that can get God's love. I, I, was, I was privileged to be at a game. It was Ohio State, Michigan game. Ohio State won the game. 105,000 people in that stadium. When the game was over, now it was the first time I had went to that game. Because normally I would be out of town in another state uh, doing a ministry assignment. I'll just say it that way. All right, so, so I would normally be flying back when the game was going on. So I'm at the game. Game was over. They won the game. You know, the, the, I think, think, was this the year they won the national championship? I don't, uh, either way, I don't know. Man, when that game was over and them people hit that field, I was like, what in the world? I ain't never seen any. I was like, imagine we did that for God. Like, you don't ever see people do that. Listen, cold outside. That game's in November. No, that game's in, yeah, this is around Thanksgiving. It was cold outside. 
Like, wasn't nobody like, man, would they hurry up with this game? <laughs> this game taking too long. No matter what, even if the team playing bad, they be like, oh, something good is going to happen. How come them people ain't in church going, even if the preacher ain't preaching good, some revelation going to kick in eventually. <laughs> right? Right? So, 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 I, but I saw souls. Souls that people walk past every day thinking about how come they don't have the opportunity they looking for. Think about how come they don't have a mate they looking for. Think about how come they had the money they looking for. How come they had a car, the house, and stuff. All about themselves. And there was a soul sitting right next to them on the bench. There was a soul right on the basketball court at the gym. There was a soul at the job in the next cubicle. They looked past the soul. They didn't notice the soul because they so focused on themselves. That's not what we're doing. Jesus was losing to somebody important to him. Hey, man, yo, 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 Lazarus, dad, dad, he gone, man. Look at what happened. Look at what happened when he lost John. Read. Jesus was Jesus making some stuff happen. Healing folk, doing all types of stuff. Folk. Hey, the same virtue that was in him to heal that woman was the same power he used to raise Lazarus from the dead. Read. Well, we like we we so focused on ourselves, we're so focused on where we're going, we're skipping the souls along the way, waiting for the big the the the, the big platform. If you add up all the souls you don't walk by, you already had a stadium. You already had a stadium, and I'm telling you, she will tell you these are the people that these people that that. Are unassuming. These are people that weren't didn't have celebrity status. These are the people that God uses to impact your life. The everybody's, the anybody's, the 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 not just the people that you think are the somebody's. You see the difference? You gotta you gotta everybody. You gotta talk to everybody. Is that me? Alright, so <laughs> all right, so so how does uh, how God does this, and you know, our tra every every training has a a place of training. You know, these guys have a football field, you have a, a baseball field, a court, you have a, a training class. But to be trained in the kingdom, God trained you in His house. He trained you in His house, and so we have to spend time uh, in His house with our family of faith. We have to spend time in his house with our family of faith. It's also important to, to be consistent in spending time. Well, it's, it's important to be consistent in spending time in God's house to maximize your corporate relationship with God and his family. So we have to maximize our relationships, right? See, see here at Ayers, we believe that each time you attend a, a worship service, again, you hear this repeated a lot you'll experience the, the peace, the presence, and the power of God. So that's what God is. This is he set this house up so, 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 so people can, can extract the peace, presence, and power of God to a point where they carry it everywhere they go. And so when you walk around people and, 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 and that, that overflow of peace and, and, uh, flows onto somebody's life, see, some, some, they, they, that person is going to follow you. 
Did you know how many people in this world are looking for peace? You know how many people are looking for power, the ability to, to override the things that are attacking them in their life? Do you know how many people would love to be around the presence of God, to experience the realness of God, right? And so, so, so that happens when we fill ourselves up with those things. The other thing that happens being in the house of God is layered faith connections. So the layered faith connections facilitate layered learning and growing in Christ. Layered faith connections. The Bible says in Genesis 2.18, it's not good for a man to be alone, male or female. It's not good to be alone. Why? You lean to your own understanding. You could uh, deceive yourself, right? You could oppose yourself and have to be recovering yourself. Yeah, I've heard all that before here at the church. That's something that's a common theme in trying to give us understanding. Look at that scripture. Deuteronomy says, he says, teach them when they walk by the way, when they sit down, when they get up. Bind it around their neck. Write it on the tablets, on the pillars, in our case, on the mirrors. Well, see, layers, what he's saying is everywhere you go, see that word, breathe that word, speak that word, confess that word, live that word, know that word, be that word. He's saying that in every layer of your life. But some people are only focused on the word when they come into the house. God could be talking about the word while he's in the house and somebody could be doing something else. While they're in God's house, they show up at their house and they'll do something else as if something else is more important than God's word. And when you, and you put them on a scale, what you're doing and the word, which one is going to lead you closer to fulfillment? See, again, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. That's why it's important. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. 10, 25. Hebrews 10, 25. No, I'm kind of going a little fast here because I'm trying to finish up. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Because when you talk to people that are Fighting coming to church. Why would somebody fight coming to church? If you think about it, it's not an everyday 24-7 obligation. Like here, we're here Sundays and Wednesdays. For the most part, 9-15 to 12-15. Some people have one service that lasts longer than that. That's discipleship class and our service. 9-15, 12-15 for the most part. We overflow, we fellowship, stuff like that. Obviously, we're here longer. Wednesdays, 7 o'clock at the most, 8.30. We are really growing as a family, so I guess it's beyond 8.30. It's probably, you know, we, we here a lot longer. We're we, we talking. We, the other day, we was here to one, right? <laughs> so I guess, you know, I, there are some exceptions to the rule. All y'all wasn't here to one, <laughs> Right? But my point there is like, why is everybody fighting church? Where's the, think about how many times have you decided to invest your money and it's, it's a big time movie, either to stay in line or do, do whatever, or, or you spend all the costs for IMAX, this, that, and the other, and it's a sorry movie. But you don't walk out of there saying it's sorry, do you? 
That, that movie's pretty good. Well, no, that's not what you're really thinking is I spent all this money. So you're trying to find something good about it. But because you're not charged to come in a house, you're allowed to give offering if you decide to. You don't find anything good in the service. Right? So, 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 it's amazing. Like, you know, it's, it's just little simple ways of looking at things. But let's, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, for the sake of time. It says, but now God has set the members, every one of them, how many? In the body as it pleased who? Him. And then, then this goes on to talk about how we're different members and we all have different responsibilities. But God set the members in the body. So God set us in this, this particular body, heirs, Christmas in the church, because it pleased him. We actually think we set ourselves here. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. We, we think we set ourselves here. No, God did. And then what, we're, what we need to find out is why. Why did he put us here and what did he want us to get? Not we keep control. Well, well, I think y'all need to do this. Or I think I need to do this. I'm more comfortable when things go this particular way. Right? It's not about what you're more comfortable is. It's about what God is comfortable with. As it pleased him. It didn't say God set the members in the body as it pleased them. It says as it pleases him. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. Right? Just keep that in mind. Now, John chapter 2. Um. I, I, you know, you guys read this before, but I want you to look at it in a different light because we have this culture, and I know I'm spending the end of the year uh, uh, almost uh, erasing all these excuses, but we have this culture that says, well, uh, which is true, we are the church, the body of Christ is the church. So it's not necessarily about the physical building from this standpoint. Um, how could I do this? I know I'm mess you. I'm about to move, and I'm about to move to that wall right there. Okay, so I'm just let you know ahead of time. So, not from the standpoint of, oh, this wonderful building, oh, this brick, oh, 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 oh. So we walk in the door, and everybody finds a brick. Everybody finds a wall. And then we go home and go, man, this building, ooh, that mortar, bang. Took me to another level. Woo! I can't wait to get back to touch that mortar. No. No, 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 no. That's true. The church is not about us worshiping the stone and the mortar. But this building was put together as God's temple for us to come to his house to be in his presence. Listen, we are all the church but divided all over the place we can't get it, the agreement and the power we need to facilitate what God wants us to do in his life that's why he wants us in his house right but, but, but you know sometimes when people go well church you know see uh, hey how many of y'all be trying to witness to people and they be like well you know what you trying to say you know I don't think going to church is all that I don't think it's important why, why is this, what's the big deal then they start to break down almost like the like it's not in the Bible. Man, do you read man, y'all need to just look up synagogue temple. Let's just start reading. Look up church. Let's just start reading all, all the references to, to the temple. Like this one right here, John chapter two and uh verse I think it's fifteen. 
13. It says, and the, Jew, and the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went to, up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And we had made a scourge of small cords, basically a whip. He drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them, Thou sold doves, take these things hence. Make not what? My father's house a house of merchandise. There's not a whole lot of references to Jesus being upset. He was upset because they were uh, almost like creating a marketplace. That's why we give away everything at our church in God's house. He called it God's house. He was upset. Like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Let's read. Let's read the verse here. Look, it says, look, look. It says, and the disciples remembered that it was written, "The zeal of thine house has eaten me up." Go to Psalm sixty-nine. Psalm sixty-nine, real quick. Psalm 60. I don't know why I keep trying to play with these glasses that can't stay on my head. Somebody used my glasses and they got a bigger head than me. That's what happened. That's what happened. I know that's what happened. I'm just playing. I hope that didn't happen for real. <laughs> I be jacked up. Pastor Keith said I got a big head. All right, so uh, uh, Psalm 69, verse 9. It says, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. So this is the scripture the disciples remember. And, 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 and this is saying, like, I have so much zeal for the house, the things that affect you affect me, God. So when he walked in the temple, he felt for God, like, oh, you are not cool with this. As opposed to walking into God's house, Sensing what's not in line or is not flowing, and just hey, hey, being custodial ain't got nothing to do with me. God probably don't like that, but I ain't got nothing to do with it. We're not paying him no mind. But 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 he had the same passion that God had for his house, right? The same passion, that zeal, right? That, that's what the scripture says. I uh, and and then Jesus was always in the temple. If it's not important, we're talking to Messiah. Luke 21:37. It said he taught in the temple daily. If it's not important, why was he there? Why didn't he just teach on the mountain daily? In the water daily. Yeah, obviously he went throughout all the places and he was trying to get everybody he could, but he was at the temple daily. He was trying to train us a certain way. Right? Luke 21:37. Luke 4:16, it says, uh, it says, on the Sabbath, he went to church as it was his custom. <laughs> That's what the scripture says. As it was his custom. On, on, on the Sabbath day, whatever their Sabbath day was, it was Saturday, Sunday, wherever it was, once a week, as it was his custom, he went to the temple. Consistently. But then it also says he was at the temple daily. Why did he have to reference that? They could have just kept saying daily. He covered all bases. Like we have to value God's house. This is where we learn how to flow, how to live by faith, how to be led by the spirit, how to, how to discover our purpose, how to share God's love. I discovered what I was purposed to do by involving myself in somebody else's purpose. 
I was pursuing professional basketball and I was serious about it. But when I got involved in somebody else's purpose, I discovered what I was supposed to do. Actually, the first time I knew I was supposed to minister, I was ministering. That's what happened. I worked in youth ministry. After six weeks, they let everybody minister. I ministered that day. I had never experienced nothing like that in my life before. I was flowing and, and I felt this presence. Then I was like, let me go back to my notes. The presence was leave. Then I flowed. The presence was there. And it, it, it was, I taught on King's Kids. Actually, I taught on Galatians 4, 1 and 2. It's the first message I ever taught to the youth. Then I went back and I got outside. I said, Lord, what was that? I felt like I scored 70 points in a, in a, in a basketball game. It was still related to basketball. <laughs> he said, because that's what I designed you to do. That's when I discovered I was supposed to, to, to preach. But I was involved. I, I had already been involved, you know, doing other stuff at the church, maintenance and security and stuff like that. But this is when I finally uh, was asked to, do, to join a youth ministry. Right? So being faithful in another man is how I discovered what I was purposed to do. Right, so, 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 so keep, you, you learn so much being involved in what somebody else is doing. Now this 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 uh, passage here that I, that these that I have to give you I have to give you this last passage, these last two. I'm gonna give you two: Psalm seventy four three through twelve. And I don't have an amplified version. I wish I did. Anybody got an amplified? Uh, could you give me my phone, please? I'll do it here real quick. So I'm gonna give you these two scriptures, and we done. Because I thought this was kind of kind of powerful how we've been duped. So I said Psalm 74, 3 through 12, and then Psalm 65, 4. Right? After that, we out. Okay? Uh, let me see if I can find this in the amplifier real quick. Psalm, what did I tell you? 74, right? All right, so 74. Okay, I, well, this one I'm probably going to read 2 through 12 because you know how to, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not in Amplified. I'm in the message. So let's do Amplified. 2, verse 3. It says, look, turn your, it says, turn your footsteps quickly toward the perpetual ruins. It says, the enemy has damaged everything within the sanctuary. In the midst of your meeting place, your enemies have roared with their battle cry. They have set up their own emblems for signs of victory. You know, like when people win, and they, when they take, the, they take the, high, the high ground, what they do? They put their flag up, right? Right. It says, it seems as if one had lifted up an axe in the forest of trees to set a record of destruction. It says, now all the carved work of the, of the meeting place, they smash with hatchets and hammers. They have burnt your sanctuary to the ground. They have profaned the dwelling place of your name. They said in their heart, let us completely subdue them. They have burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our symbols. There is no longer any prophet to guide us, nor does any among us know for how long. 
O God, how long will the adversary scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why did you withdraw your hand, even your right hand, from judging the enemy? Remove your hand from your chest, destroy them. Yet God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. All right, so, so what this scripture, which is it's unfortunate that this happened, but it's saying basically they violently took the high ground. See, this kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violence take it by force. Remember what we were saying the other day that almost like you're more valuable than you see, so the, the, the kingdom of darkness is violently trying to get, get a hold of you and your life more than you're trying to live, save your life. Well, the same thing. In a war, who, the person that has the high ground, right, has the advantage because you can see where everybody's coming from. So, uh, what's the name of the movie? Uh, man. Nah, it's, it's with Mel Gibson. Huh? No, this is the one where it was like nobody left behind, but at the end of the movie, he gets on a helicopter, but his foot doesn't leave the ground until they got everybody. What is it? When we were soldiers? Or we were soldiers. Right. So, so, so in the movie, remember in the movie, you know, everybody's just all trying to get the high ground. It's all about the high ground. And the thing is, when, 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 when we got the high ground, in the movie you would see, like, the enemy, they'd be in these little tunnels and stuff in their little spot. They'd be like, man, this is over. We out. Once you get the high ground, we out. Uh, same thing with uh, wind talkers. You know, everybody's trying to, trying, to, trying to get to advance the troops based on the battleships, you know, bombing. But once they kept uh, advancing... They were like, yo, they done got to this level, it's over. We out. They, they wouldn't even, they stopped fighting. They retreated because they know once they get this high ground, we can't do nothing. What he's saying is the high ground is the church. Being, coming to God's house is our high ground. It's our place. It's where we, this is where we learn, where we grow, where we get empowered, where we discover our purpose. Where we learn how to live by faith. Where we learn how to be led by the Spirit. Where we learn how to, how to discover what we're doing. Where we learn how to share God's love. And, and, and the enemy's been working hard to almost dilute the value of, of, of the church. Coming to church. The scripture says don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. It says well, we're fitly joined together. It says we're members one of another. Like each person has what the other person needs. But suppose we're not together. See, remember when, when, the children, when, 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 the, when the people in the kingdom was losing their mind and trying to build a tower under God because they was influenced by Satan. Uh, uh, Nimrod was influenced by Satan because Satan got kicked out of heaven. So he's got, he got in their head to get them to try to build a tower to God. I've researched all this through the commotion and stuff like that. So he's trying to get them to build a tower to God. But it wasn't about being obedient to God. It was, it was another angle of what Satan was trying to do when he was in heaven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the, the high ground. I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to get to where he is. I'm not going to have to do what he told me to do. And it says he fell like lightning from heaven to the lower ground. He tried to get Nimrod and them to build a tower up to heaven 
to get back to the high ground again. God built, the, built this house. He built this temple. Said they that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. He set it up for us to be planted, for us to be faithful. And the whole time the adversary keep, tries to keep us divided, tries to keep us in offense. Look, six things, oh, it was the seven thing, or six things does the Lord hate? Or seven, well, the, the number one is sowing discord among the brethren. Discord, disharmony, not in agreement. Because with two or more of us uh, standing in agreement, there he is in the midst, we can have whatsoever we ask for. In Genesis, before he confounded them and scattered them, it said, they were of one mind, one speech, nothing can be restrained from them that they imagine to do. They're unstoppable in agreement. So now he sent Christ to bring us back in agreement to gather everything in heaven and in earth, all the families of heaven and earth, uh, uh, Ephesians 3, I believe verse 14, to gather us back together for us to be fitly joined together. We read chapter 3 and chapter 14 for us to be fitly joined together. So that means every joint supplies each other. But if we all get in our own head, get in our own mind, separate ourselves, or start to get into comparison, even though the scripture says dare not to compare yourself with yourself and others, start to get into, comp see, comparison divides. Offense divides. Disagreement divides. Selfishness divides. Right? Lust divides. All these things divides. Look, so the whole thing, he's trying to keep us from gathering in this house, getting in agreement, and changing the world. Man, listen, I be listening to stuff, like, so I watch stuff. There's people out here, they're gathering together. They ain't necessarily in agreement. Well, they are in agreement. They're in agreement with, with compromising. And it's all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get back into agreement so we can change the world with truth. Uncompromised gospel. Not this watered down, it's all good, everybody can do whatever they want to do. It, no, nah, man, that's not, man, come on, man, that's not. And then we'd be bothered like, look at that, man, that ain't the real deal. Okay, so can we just give them it? Can we do that? I agree, it's not the real deal. But they ain't got nothing else. And the trip is, we'll sit around our houses Thinking about ourselves when we're needed in the kingdom. And in particular, you're needed in this house. Well, we'll get into it in, in the upcoming weeks, but man, this Aaron's life is about us coming together. God is trying to do something very special. That hasn't been done in a long time. A long, 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 long time. I've seen it before. I've seen it before and ain't seen it since. If we can get past ourselves, lock ourselves in, be accountable, be responsible, talk to our, our, have those tough conversations, encourage people to come to church, minister to people for real. Like some of y'all in sales, y'all don't take no for an answer. Obviously you do. 